Warning, the following program has been rated M for mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. Welcome to the highlight of your week. They are the truth seekers looking to change the world for the better. Using the latest research and groundbreaking science, they seek to inform the simpletons. They dream of a day filled with gays, where women get paid like dicks and religion doesn't try to fuck kids. They are the intellectual saviors! Prepare yourself for atrociousness. All phasers set to fuck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I'm one of your hosts, Eric. And I am Michael. And you can follow us. Oh, I was sorry. I was just going to tell everybody that they can follow us on Twitter so they can fucking yell at me because I've had a couple of the the typical tweets now like, hey, are you guys going to do this again? It's like, yeah, we'll get around to it. (laughs) So, but yeah, follow us on Twitter at the Intel Saviors. People are actually requesting? Uh... Just like every once in a while, you know, like I said, you'll, uh, I'll get like, uh, hey, uh, what's up, you guys, uh, you guys still doing the podcast, or when are you going to do another show? It's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing it. We take our time, but we get around to it. Uh, I blame Michael. Yeah, it's just pretty much all me. I mean, I... Actually, I guess, I don't blame Michael, I blame his kid. It's one of those things, man, being a, being the parent again and stuff, it's, it's a little difficult, because, uh... Now, I went over this, I think, maybe last time or time before or something. Yeah, it's just with the wife's schedule, my schedule now. It's like it's it's a real fucking pain in the ass to try and set this up to do it. And then also, yeah, no, I, you know, just the fact that Trump is beating us down so bad and nothing seems to matter anymore. I don't know if you saw, if you watched Saturday Night Live, but they did a skit a couple weeks ago. I can't remember the actress that was on it, but... Um, like the whole skit was like the, her doing a game show. She was the game show host, and they had you know some of the other people from Saturday Night Live as the contestants. And the game show was called, you know, does it even matter anymore? And you know she would get up, <laughs> and it wasn't like question. She'd be like, hey, our you know our fucking president uh, was having sex with a porn star while his wife was pregnant, and then paid her off, you know, so no one would know about it, you know. And now you know, and everybody knows, and it's like doesn't even matter anymore because no one gives a shit it's like that's the biggest fucking that would have been the biggest scandal ever if that would have been any other president i mean clinton got oh, his yeah. dick sucked by an intern you know which is like whatever this guy was banging a fucking porn star while his wife was pregnant you know and then pays her off and possibly with campaign dollars which would be illegal you know and it's like it's like okay and i mean it is like not even been a story it's it's just fucking ridiculous man yeah that's the world yeah. we live no in. I, I loved i loved how uh like republicans after the state of the union address were like oh he, that was such a great speech. He just looked so presidential, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, because he wasn't fucking bullying people on his Twitter account. 
Yeah. Like that's not a barometer for being good is the fact that you get to act good on one day. You acted good. Good job. Like they treat him like they do like a stubborn brat of a child. You know, it's like the child wanted to be wanted to get some ice cream and acted good for like a couple of hours and they're like okay i guess we'll go get ice cream and then the next day he's a total piece of shit again yeah it's like he didn't learn anything <laughs> he's still a piece of shit nah and that's it's been like that you know every time he's given a speech and you know if he actually sticks to the prompter you know and he's i mean it was still like i think it was like the third longest uh stay of the dress in the history and only behind like two of them from clinton <laughs> um but it was like word wise it was like half as many words you know i mean because he's so slow and deliberate it's almost like he was having an out of experience like i can't believe i have to fucking actually read this and behave myself and go you know it's like he knew it's like he was a it was almost like he was a captive. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you go out there, you read this fucking prompter, and you don't fucking ad lib. And so it was pretty funny. I mean, he- yeah. I mean, I didn't watch it live. You know, I watched like things after the fact and stuff because I just I I knew what it was going to be. It was going to be him mm-hmm. talking about how big his dick is. Yeah, and then spouting a whole bunch of lies sprinkled in with a little bit of race hate. Um. And that that was going to be the show, and I mean, pr- pretty much it was on par. Uh, but all the clips that I did see, two things were going through my head: is a like like you said, he did look like a captive because he was just so monotone and he had no energy at all. Nah, especially um, for the end, he was fading. You could tell. Yeah, because he's fucking old as shit, and that's probably as much as he can do. Um, but. Every every single clip that I saw, especially the ones where he was talking about, you know, unity and all that stuff. I just kept thinking in my head, he's just acting. He's putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of people are giving Democrats flack because they sat there like, you know, scowling at him the entire time. Yeah. Um, and even booed him when he started talking about immigration. Um, and people are like, Oh, Democrats haven't learned anything from the 2016 election. They're just the Mm -hmm. same old, same old. And it's like, well, if you remember Republicans did the same shit to Obama. And in fact, I do recall somebody like yelling out liar to him. I can't remember who it was at one of his state of the union. So it's like, uh, nah, that's kind of a, a wash there for me. <laughs> um, but more to the point is I think that they're looking at him going, this is all a bunch of shit. Like, yeah, I'm for unity and whatever, but I'm not going to clap for it because I know it's coming from the mouth of a jackass who does not mean it. So people that say that they Democrats looked bad because they didn't even clap for things that were in their interest. It's like, no, well... Would you, if Hitler said something, and I know everybody loves the Hitler analogy, but if Mm -hmm. you're watching Hitler's speech and he says something that sounds good, you know, like, hey, we need to all come together and get along, you're like, yeah, yeah, Hitler's a good guy. No, fuck that. It's fucking Hitler. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So that that just cracks me up that people are like trying to give Democrats flack. And I'm like, "Mm, no, Republicans started this bullshit with being scalding little 
children, they just know that it's coming from a jackass who doesn't mean it. So fuck off. Yeah, I mean, this happens every time. It doesn't matter. Whatever the opposing party is, they sit on their hands every time. It's it's just nothing new. So I, I mean, that just... They have to find something. They do it every goddamn... With, it doesn't matter what it is, even when it's the shutdown because they own all branches, and when the shutdown happens because they can't get their shit together. It's not because of the Democrats, you know, or any of these problems that are posed. They always have to find a way to spin. It's always the evil Democrats. Oh, I, yeah, we own all branches of government, but it's the Democrats' fault that we're having to shut down the government, you know, because of mm-hmm. blah, 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 and they just run down the list on It's like, there's so much of that blame game, and and I know both sides do it. Um, it's always that way. It's never your fault. But the problem is, 90% of the time, it does appear to be the Republicans' problem or fault. I mean, they're the ones that wouldn't let you know a president seat a Supreme Court justice with over a year left in his term. You know, it's it's the shit like that's like you said. You know, yeah, the the Democrats saw on their hands and scowled at Trump because he's a lying fucking traitor. But they didn't boo and hiss him, and they didn't yell, you lie, um, like the Republicans did to Obama during his... Uh, uh, they they did boo him when he started talking about immigration. Well, that's because he, he's a, like you said earlier, he's a racist piece of shit, and he's got Stephen Miller's little racist henchman writing speeches and dictating immigration policy and he's the one that went in there and stopped the DACA and then turns around and blames the Democrats yeah. because they're, you know, they won't work with Republicans to basically fuck these dreamers, you know, and it's like everything he's done, whether it be praise the Nazis at Charlottesville or anything, I mean, he's shown over and over again. I mean, when he makes comments like, you know, basically any African nation or any nation with dark-skinned individuals is a shithole, you know, or a big fucking AIDS colony, but yet we need to get in more people from Norway, <laughs> you know, the one of the whitest countries there is. You know, it's like, we understand what you want, you know? I mean, it, and when he starts speaking of chain migration and stuff like that, that's when you heard a little bit of the booze. And the reason for that yeah, is because... Well, he used, lied about that. Well, yeah, and it's... And the way they use that term, the, the ch- chain migration, it's... They yeah. use it in a derogatory sense, you know? And yep, and, he's, and he said, under the current broken system, a single immigrant can bring virtually unlimited numbers of distant relatives, which, which is, is completely false. Yeah. First off, the immigrant has to become a citizen. Mm-hmm. And then second off, they can only give out in, in the process to actually get a family member over. Once you're a citizen, is ridiculous it takes years and years for that to happen it's not just like i become a citizen you know and you're oprah just here's a visa he's got a visa she's got a visa everybody's got a visa like no that's not even close to what actually happens yeah i mean there's i and i mean for me i know a little bit about how this works on the refugee side and stuff you know because uh my wife's family and they they came over as refugees and um, like her parents, so I mean I understand how some of it works. Probably because I've done a little bit more reading on it, and then having from what she's told me, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of people don't know. Like you get your, um, no offense to the white trash out there, but the white trash in like Mississippi, 
who are gonna are super conservative and fucking are. I mean, I made this point before. Like, if it's funny because the people who are most conservative and like racist and anti-immigration stuff are people who live in the middle of these little fucking country fucks townships where there are no people of color around them. It's just these little white communities in the middle of, you know, Nebraska or fucking Mississippi or whatever. And, you know, they have no goddamn clue what it's like. But then if, and they're very conservative minded where you look at a place like San Francisco or New York city or something where it's completely integrated and people are so used to diverse background and everything. And they're perfectly fine with immigrants coming into this country because they see that, guess what? That's, how everybody ended up in this country we were all fucking immigrants at some point i mean i've got a german yep. background germans on plymouth rock you know my people came over after the fact as immigrants you know so i mean it, it's ridiculous it's just it's it pisses me off but it's it's just one of those things that we've come to understand it's the way it is so and the whole thing with the immigration too is he puts out this bullshit like, oh, we're going to protect more dreamers and immigrants than Obama did. And it's that, well, that's bullshit. I mean, their game plan isn't just about cutting off dreamers and stuff like that. They want to cut back immigration. Um, I think that they're talking about by like 75% on a yearly basis overall. And then they want to make the rules so much more stringent and stuff because they want to make it where only wealthy white people basically from other countries can get in and i mean that's yeah he, he wants people that are not from shithole yeah, countries the whole point about this and we've said it plenty of times is because of demographic shifts because the 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 more diverse our nation gets and like the more you know hispanic populations that come in even now the asians are starting to turn more if you look at voting trends, they're overwhelmingly more democratic. Anybody who comes in from the outside of this country, and I don't know why I don't think white people will be the same, because white Europeans that come over here are usually going to be more liberal-minded or progressive, especially when they see how our fucking government runs compared to theirs. I've lived in Europe. I know how it is. Any immigrants that come over are probably going to tend to be more progressive in their viewpoints based on coming from countries unlike ours that have universal health care or education system stuff. I'm talking about the white people now um, that were to come in. So the whole thing is let's try to keep immigration levels low because we, we don't like this demographic shift because the way it's heading, there will be no Republican Party in another you know 30 to 50 years when all the old white guys have died off and we have you know about a 50-50 year, even maybe a 60-40, you know, uh, split in this country that's you know you know non-whites to whites it's just it's the way things are and instead of you know progressing as a party and trying to develop a new platform that's more inclusive and doing things that would actually benefit the country they're surrounding you know it's like the fucking old wagons of the west you know where they get in the circle to fend off the you know the native americans <laughs> and <laughs> it's yeah I don't know. That's why they boot him because they they understand that. And the problem is most people don't understand it. And like I said, most of any of his supporters and most of just m middle America type supporter or people out there, not even his supporters, but people who don't give a shit or moderates, 
they don't really understand how the immigration system works. They don't understand what his real goal is or what the Republican Party's goal is. So, yep. yep. Another another false claim that he made about immigration was he talks about the visa lottery, and he said that it's a program that randomly hands out green cards without without regard for skill, merit, mm-hmm. or safety of people. Yes, which is also completely false. Uh, for those that don't know, the visa lottery program provides 50,000 visas uh, to people from countries with low immigration mm-hmm. rates to the United States. Um, on the State Department guide to this visa lottery program, it says that the applicant must have a high school education or two years work experience. Um, and the ath- uh, applicant must undergo a medical exam and mm-hmm. cannot have a criminal record. And they're subject to very lengthy background checks that can last for months. So, like, the vetting process is already there. And anybody who's gone through the immigration process can tell you that it is long, it takes forever, and there's so many speed bumps. So, I I think it's funny that they think that it's, like, a free-for-all and, like, anybody can just come in here and be like, Hey, I want to be an American citizen. And we just, like, stamp their hand and put them on their way. Like we're a fucking amusement park or some shit. It's like, no, (laughs) that's not even close. Like there's a reason why there's a lot of illegal immigrants in the States. And that's because it's a good place to live relative to their country. And it takes for fucking ever. And it's really expensive to get in. So I do believe that we need to have some immigration reform, but we're going in the opposite direction of where we should be. Well, uh, but they're actually they're trying to rig the game even further. Um, so you know, uh, gerrymandering's been like a, a hot topic that a lot of people are talking about, especially after the election. Um, but the DOJ has now requested that because uh, the census is coming up in a couple of years, um, that they add a question, and the question is on citizenship. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And basically what the point of the the question is is it is to d- deter people from taking the census. Um and a lot of people would think why the fuck does that matter? Who cares? You know, it's just the census. It's just counting how many people. Actually, the census does play a huge role and it plays a part into how many representatives come from a state um based off of their yeah. demographic. So people get accurately represented, represent, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, so if there's a lot of people that see that, you know, are you a U.S. citizen? They'll get a little, you know, hesitant and, you know, especially even people that may be a citizen uh, that are from Mexico or something. They, they may see that question and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a citizen, but, you know. You know, I mean, you're creating, they're already kind of on edge, especially with this administration, as to what's going to happen to them and their families, even if they're here legally, um, let alone illegal. So that just means that a lot of people won't be represented properly. And, you know, states like California that have a large Hispanic population could actually lose seats in the House which would be fucking crazy. So that would be less representation. Um, and it just happens to be that that will affect Democrats 
and liberals. I, I don't know. In a way, coincidentally, say, in a way, they they could almost. It, it depends on the. I think more like on a statewide level. I think that's where it'll be more of the effect because on a national level, I mean, some of the states that they get now. Okay, Texas, where I'm at, of course, huge Hispanic population. Uh, Florida, they have you know huge immigrant populations there. I mean, those are states that have not. Not Florida consistently, but Florida usually likes to fuck American, vote Republican. Uh, you know, they gave us Trump and Bush. So, on a national level, I, I think it's a wash. But, yeah, on the state levels, I think it definitely will affect, you know, I think the, the Democratic seats and stuff. But then again, you know, if some of these court cases start going through, like the one in Pennsylvania and stuff. Now, I think North Carolina, Texas is on the docket. Um where they're fighting like gerrymandering and things like that, you know. I mean, right now with gerrymandering and stuff, it doesn't make a difference anyway, you know. But uh, if those court cases go through, like Pennsylvania, I think they're being forced to redraw their districts, uh, you know, because that, that's a state that usually is more of a democratic state. They have a democratic governor most of the time. I mean, other than this last election where Trump won it by like. 10,000, 20,000 votes or whatever it was. Um, you see it's a democratic state, but in their state legislature, there's like, um, the seats are like 13 Republicans to like five Democrats or something, you know, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's a democratic state, you know, for the most part. At least if you want to say it's 50-50, because Trump barely won last time, you can say that, but because of gerrymandering. Uh, so that yeah. was... They're having to redraw their districts. North Carolina, they're doing that now. Texas had a case up. I think it's probably going to go before the Supreme Court. Uh, so we'll see how things go. But um, unless those measures are taken, uh, this I, I see what you're saying with this, and I've heard about it. I don't think it's going to be as big an effect, I mean, right now, because there's so many other obstacles in the way for people getting, like, you know, really fair. I mean, we've said this before. I mean, look, of the last what, six presidential elections, seven, pres I can't even remember now. Um, Democrats have basically won all of them except for one. I mean, George W. Bush's second term, and there's some sketchy shit in Ohio with that one. Other than that, though, the other two elections they won, his first election and then now Trump's, they didn't win the popular vote. I mean, national-wide, Democrats win, you know? And the House of Representatives, they have, what, 40 fucking some odd more seats than Democrats, but yet... If you total all the votes that all the House members got in the last election, Democrats had over uh, like a million and a half more votes than Republican candidates, but yet they have 40 less seats. So I, this, I, I get the census thing, and it's bullshit. I don't know how. I mean, they'll find ways to get around it and stuff, and they'll probably do it. And it might freak some people out from getting on it, but in the end... The system's already so rigged. How much of a difference can it make? I mean, I'm so defeatist right now. I know it. <laughs> I mean, I sound like this all the time, but it's just it's facts are facts. It's like, well, I mean, we got so many issues to fix in this fucking country. It's like they just keep piling more little things on. It's like I just I almost just don't even care. I'm, like I said, man. Yeah, I, I I just don't know if the census thing is. I I think you're underplaying it. I think it's bigger than what you actually think. It might be. I mean, I haven't really looked into the details of what their projections are for what it'll cost. Like I said, on a state level, 
I definitely am with you. I think it definitely is going to affect, you know, maybe a few House seats here or there. And, and it only could take a few. I mean, we've seen it in the Senate, you know. I mean, the House is a little bit different animal, but a few seats could make the difference. There's no question. Um, but like I said, the just the gerrymandering overall and the system, I, I, I think there's so many fucking issues in our voting system now. I don't know. So what else did that son of a bitch say? Yay. <laughs> um, uh, he took credit for a lot of things that he dismissed uh, as w- like you know talking about the economy uh, low unemployment numbers uh, especially for like African Americans and stuff like that yeah. um, wa- wage stagnation um, you know all the stuff where he said like you know the Obama administration was lying or making those numbers up yeah now all of a sudden those numbers are true and real. Uh, yeah, of course they are. You know, after years of wage stagnation, we're finally seeing rising wages. Nope, <laughs> we're seeing wage. Uh, they are they are rising, but they're actually rising at a slower rate than they were at the end of Obama's second term. Yeah, and that's so that's a lie. And the whole unemployment thing, I, I he doesn't really get any credit for that. I'm sorry, but. I mean, unemployment levels dropped so far under um, Obama. And actually, if you look at the last um, year of Obama's presidency compared to the first year of Trump's, the job numbers have actually, like, we're, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. You guys can look them up and tell me I'm fucking wrong. But I remember that average, uh, there's over 200,000 jobs created a month under Obama in his last year. Under the first year of uh, Trump, it was like 170,000. Which, to be honest... When Obama left, our unemployment was at like four seven or something like that. When it gets around four, they pretty much consider that full employment. And because the the economy wasn't coming back, you know, like gangbusters as far as GDP, but the numbers, the you know, the unemployment numbers are dropping. Like you said, wages are kind of starting to tick up for the first time, you know, in a couple decades, really steadily under Obama. Um, we were at the point where we're almost full employment and we're heading that way under Obama. Um, so Trump really, like I've said, they passed no legislation that would do anything to really stimulate the economy. Um, except for these tax returns, but they promised the whole time and they finally got that done, the, the, uh, the tax cuts. And so when he boasts about the one thing that he boasts about, though, I give him a little credit for is the stock market, even though, it actually went up a larger percentage in Obama's first term or first year in office than it has under dipshits, um, and which is a fact also that he won't admit. But the thing with the stock market is, yeah, it's gone up fucking like bananas. But that's because it's the wealthiest of the wealthy who own those stocks, and they know that they own these huge companies, corporations. They're going to get these tax cuts. So... He was already doing all the deregulation. Hey, go ahead. You could pollute more. You can get away with more shit. We're, you know, hey, banks, we're taking away all these financial restrictions on you guys. So you guys could go out. Let's get another big housing bust here soon and blow up the economy because we're going to deregulate everything for you guys. So, you know, as far as that goes, corporations and stuff were going fucking crazy because they could. And it's like the stock market. They keep touting that, and I've had people say this to me about, well, look at the stock market under Trump. It's just blowing up at new records every day. It's like, well, 
when it gets to be a record, if it goes up, it's going to be a new record every day. So when they say like, it's 50 new record day, it was like, yeah, every fucking day it's going to be a new record if it goes up, you know, one fucking cent. Um, but besides that stupidness, I'm like, okay, well, let's look at it this way. Only roughly 52% of Americans own stock to begin with. So right off the bat, the stock market means nothing to half of America. That's that's a fact. So half America, it could go up a million fucking points tomorrow, and it means nothing to them. Um, and then if you look at that 50 fucking percent that own it, the top 10% of the wealthiest fucking people own 81% of the stocks. So, yep. So... The stock market is a bullshit barometer. So anytime they talk about the stock market, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Now, granted, most people probably have stocks because of 401k. Look, dude, I put money into my 401k every month. When the stock market goes up, it kicks my little 401k up a little bit. But I don't have a ton of money into the stocks. I mean, I've got, you know, I put in my little fucking percentage that my company matches with the, you know what I'm saying? It's typical bullshit most people do. It only affects those people, like those big spenders, those 10% that own the 80% because they own thousands and hundred thousand shares. These are the CEOs of these corporations stuff. And then like my company, I put my fucking money into the 401k and they match it, but then they match it by turning around and buying their own stock to put in it. So, and of course, then that more shares of their stock are going out, which helps boost the price. It's all fucking a big cabal you know, for the wealthy, it means nothing to most Americans. So, and that's really the only thing you get tout. Again, with the African-American unemployment figures, well, they were going down every year under Obama. So that's a continuation. You know, now that they've passed these tax cuts and he's been deregulating the fuck out of everything. Wait, you know, let's give it another. Now he finally did something, him and the Republicans, tax cuts. And they're just starting to kick in like this month. People start seeing it. So let's wait about six to eight months and then let's see how the economy's doing. If if he's still creating hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy thousand jobs a month and wages are still slowly creeping up and stuff, then you can say, Okay, well, short term it looks like maybe he's done okay. Long term I, I don't see it happening. Obama was able to maintain steady growth. For basically seven years in office, that's it. That that's never happened before. I mean, that's unprecedented. It this is not going to be the continuation of that with these policies. You cut corporate taxes basically in half. You went for thirty-five to twenty percent or twenty-one percent. The revenue is not going to be there. You know. So the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to start cutting programs when the deficit starts going up. So they're going to cut programs, yep. and then the next thing you'll see is inflation numbers start to rise, which will affect everyone's pocketbook. So we'll see how things go. I, I'm completely, you know, on the side that we're looking at another fucking crash, <laughs> so it's just a matter of time. But we'll see how it goes. No, I, I, I think you hit it right on the head. I mean. I think the the first couple of months, people will think, you know, hey, yeah, this is a good deal or whatever. Um, but, yeah, eventually it, it will change. Because, again, like you said, you know, they're going to start cutting a lot of uh, social programs or entitlement programs, as they like to coin them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it's basically going to be another cash grab for the rich, and the poor are going to get poorer, and the middle class is going to vanish completely. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what's going to result. I mean, it it can't go any other way. I mean, it's not going to be an end all be all for everybody because if you're not putting money into education, uh, if you're not putting money into rehabilitation programs, it, you're cutting out people's way of getting a better life. You know, they have no other options. You know, it's they're not, they don't have they didn't get the low million dollar loan from their daddy. <laughs> you know, um, they've got nothing. So people, uh, I think it's like forty nine percent of Americans are living paycheck paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I think I heard a number like that. You know, if all of a sudden gas prices skyrocket, it costs more to get milk cost more to get everything i mean that's really gonna hurt those people it's gonna hurt them a lot well they're and then they're not even gonna have those social programs to fall back on yeah they won't be there they'll be gone and and i know we talk about all the time but so this week the republicans and the democrats are on their little retreats and stuff to start putting together their policy agendas for the year which, who cares what the Democrats want to do? They're not in charge. So, they might as well just be fucking out on a beach, just getting some sun, wasting their time. But uh, the Republicans, I read today one of the stories is uh, Paul Ryan is already pitching his welfare reform. I can't remember the name they yep. use for it, but he put some other fancy term for it. Like, they're going to try and change the dialogue how they always do. But uh, that's top of their agenda for this next year and i said it i think last time or the time before we did the show gets just get ready for it because they know that they're going to lose a lot of seats in this upcoming 2018 election cycle so so they're going to try and get that out of the way as fast as they can i mean seriously as soon as they get back um of course we might be looking at another government shutdown we'll see how because they only did that three-week extension so after they have that fight again yeah. and we have a fight over immigration again uh continuing once that shit whatever however it plays out goes down they're gonna have about six to you know eight months of you know where they're really in full control where they're not all in election mode and everything else um, so they're going to start trying to push through as much shit as they can. And I don't think any of it's going to be good. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens, but definitely look for that to be toward the top of the agenda. You know, it was, um, working on Medicare cuts and definitely any, like you said, any type of social programs and stuff, uh, that benefit the poor people. I mean, like the chips program for children or Medicaid cuts or, you know, anything like the WIC those types of programs, those things will get slashed first. Education always gets cut first. Uh, anytime there's budgetary cuts, because education is not important. Military spending will go up. Education will, oh, will yeah, get slashed <laughs> because priorities. Oh man. <sighs> yeah, another fun one that I liked was uh, he boasted how you know right after his the tax cut got uh, put into place um, that companies were giving bonuses to their employees uh up to thousands and thousands of dollars yeah that was hilarious uh the most i ever heard was a thousand bucks and how extensive that was i don't know it was probably not a whole lot of people that got it 
Um, I know that like Walmart touted it mm-hmm. um, big time, but if you actually looked at how you got the bonus, like how you were uh, the the parameters in which you know how much money you got from your bonus was, it was up to a thousand dollars. Uh, I think the average person got like three hundred. I think is what they said. Yeah, I think it wasn't based on like time with the company kind of thing. Yeah, there were some other yeah, stipulations. So, yeah, so it yeah it wasn't as big as everybody was thinking. Because um, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's you know pretty cool that Walmart did that. But in reality, it's not even close to what they did. Um, not only that, but that same week they happened to close down a whole bunch of Sam's clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a, ha- a handful of them closed which in the uh, North Texas area. Where I'm at nobody talked about, everybody was talking about the Walmart bonus shit. And it's like, well, they just laid off a mm-hmm. shitload of people. <laughs> well, it's like, so where exactly is that stimulus going to? And then if you look at how much those companies are going to be saving mm-hmm. the amount of money that they spent on their employees for these bonuses, it's a tiny, tiny drop in the bucket. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is how much they're going to save with these corporate okay, that, ca- tax that's cuts. What, that's so. what. That's the point, and that needs to be made. Like you say, like, and they a lot of these did that. We're going to give out these one-time bonuses. Like you said, a thousand dollars about the highest one I've seen. Like AT and T's companies like that. So here's the thing with it. So again, they've got a tax break. Corporations of all, about fourteen percent. So let's think about this. They make profits easily. Like AT&T, a company like that, uh, Walmart, billions of dollars every year. So think about 10%. Let's just make it 10 because it makes it easier. Just think of 10%, you know, of a billion, you know. And then if they give 1,000 or 5,000 or even 10,000 employees a $1,000 bonus one time, that's not even going to be a percentage of what they're going to save on their tax, you know, cuts in one year you know what i mean and this is a one-time payout so it looks great for headlines when the companies do this Mm -hmm. and they they kiss trump's ass in the process you know like oh thanks to donald trump these huge look at this we're going to give all these people a bonus it's like well why don't you give them all fucking raises and then give them better insurance or something permanently how about that and benefits yep because that would affect their bottom line for years where this looks good in the papers, but it really is meaningless. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. So Comcast was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I work in the telecommunications industry. You got your bonus? So people around, no, I don't work for Comcast. Um, But people around the office were talking about that and they're like, I wonder if our company is going to do that. It's like, fuck, I don't want that. I want an actual raise. Yeah, I know. Give me that instead. I, I work like no. You can kiss my ass with your thousand dollars. Give me an actual fucking raise that's going to last my entire tenure at this company. It's, yeah, it's kind of that makes more sense to me. It's funny. I did my uh, because we did our year in reviews and stuff and everything. And I asked my boss. I was like, "So, because of this big corporate tax cut, I said we're going to get bigger raises this year." He just kind of laughed. I worked for a billion dollar company and guess what? I didn't get a fucking bonus and I've been with my company for 14 going. Yeah. Almost 14 years now. So yeah, no, the, <laughs> the average workers, they're not going to see the, these huge jumps in their wages and stuff. It's just not going to happen because no. corporations are going to get those, those benefits. And basically they're going to go to one or two places. They're either going to go to overseas spending 
or they're going to go to the CEO yeah. and the higher ups. Uh, one thing I like. Those people are going to be making a shitload more money. One thing money. I like is Trump's... Even though they already make a shitload more Trump money. Trump said something about like uh, a family making $75,000 a year would see an average uh, tax cut of like over $2,000 or something. And I think I was looking at uh, the numbers they're projecting for like for me and my wife, what we'd get back. And then I was kind of looking at... Um, then I went to another site and stuff where they actually have kind of the breakdown where you could plug in like your how much you make and this and that and all the different bullshit and it'll kind of give you an idea of what your cut would be and it was nothing <laughs> like what he was saying. I mean, for what me and my wife make, I think we're looking at maybe I think twelve hundred dollars was the high end, which is great. I mean, I love to have an extra hundred bucks a month, but the problem is. Those cuts are only good for the next six years, and then they expire. Yep. And 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 I'm on the. I mean, I'm not bragging because I don't make any money. My wife makes the money, but as far as like incomes, combined income, we're because they have it in the brackets. Like the poorest people are only going to get like about a hundred or two hundred dollars a year extra, which hey, that's great. But let's be honest, if you're already it's. It's nothing. And, uh, you know, where the highest end people, like the richest of the rich people, we're going to get literally tens of thousands of dollars up to like hundreds of thousand dollars in tax breaks when the full tax breaks are implemented. Um, me and my wife are on that upper middle tier. And like I said, ours is looking like about $1,200. So it's great, but not when you start factoring, like we said, you know, with all the loss of revenue, they're going to start cutting back programs that those poor people now who are like, here's an extra hundred bucks over the course of the year. You know, congratulations. You could take your fucking family out for a real nice meal once. Um, you're going to lose, you know, some of your health care benefits. And, you know, I'm sure your kids' schools are going to probably get a little shittier and they probably have to start sharing more books. And have a couple less computers that you use in their classrooms. But you guys have that extra hundred dollars, though. It'll be great. I just don't think people think things through and uh, look at the you know the totality of how everything works in concert. So But hey man, I'll I'll no, enjoy my fifteen or twenty dollars extra on every paycheck, I guess. I'll spend it wisely pump it back into the economy oh shit I don't know I think he hit most of the major points is there any other nonsense you want to go from his bullshit speech or um no but I do want to go over something after his speech when he claimed it was uh the most watched um state of the union ever well, you... claims that he has the highest ratings ever you, why you think um, he lied about that you don't think that's true Yep, totally did. So here are the actual rankings. Uh, coming in at number one, who do you think? Uh, George W. Bush after 9-11. Correct. Yep, yep. 2003, George W. Yeah. Bush. Um, number two, Bill yeah, Clinton. Yeah, of course. Probably one of his hour and a half speeches. <laughs> long. Number, th number three, George W. Bush again. Oh, okay. A little surprising. Number four. 
Barack Obama. Probably his last one, right? Number five, Bill Clinton yeah. again. Didn't even crack the top five. Ah, eh, well. And then coming down all the way at number six, Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Womp womp. And it's a little, it's funnier too because of the fact that I think you, you have to look at like people would watch, okay, like the Bush one after 9-11. That's an easy one. We just had 9-11 and there was so much shit going on with the, are we going to go to war, blah, blah, blah. That was one that people were like tuning like, what the hell is going on kind of thing. So that makes a lot of sense. The other ones are just basic bullshit, state of the union policy. Here's our laundry list of things we want to get done. Um, Trump, you think the number would have been higher just because it's like, I've got to watch this because this might be a fucking train wreck. And you know what I mean? Like that, you would think that more people would watch just for that reason. But I think a lot of people did tune out. I mean, I have watched almost every state of the union speech, you know, I mean that I could as able to forever. Yeah. I didn't watch this year's. That was the first thing I asked you when we got on the call before we started the thing. Like, did you watch the speech? You're like, Nope. I said, neither did I. I just watched like highlights. I'm like, fuck that dude. I'm not. Cause I didn't want to give him a fucking rating. Cause I knew he had fucking look for that. You know what I mean? That's how fucking ridiculous I am and how oh, yeah. ridiculous he is as the president. Like, I wasn't going to watch because I didn't want to give him that fucking satisfaction having that number. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how much... No, I think the other things that were pretty funny to me uh, was any time that he said something and, uh, you know, that he thought would get an applause, he would immediately look to the Republican side and never look at the Democrats. And then he would clap for himself. <laughs> And then, yeah, he clapped for himself a lot. I love that. That was hilarious. I've never seen that. Um, Yeah, and I think think he may have looked at the Democrats twice, maybe. And one of the times was when he was talking about, you need to stand for the national anthem, blah, blah, blah. You know, his dumb little racist rhetoric. Um, And that was about it. But beyond that, it was all like, he was only looking for the praise, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm not going to look over here at all these people that hate my guts. I'm just going to look at the people that love me, and that's my world. That is my only reality. Yeah. Everybody loves me. I'm so great. I'm going to clap for myself. I'm so good. All those fucking sycophants on the right who are trying to cover up his treasonous activity. Yeah, that's good. Well, congratulations to him. He's managed yeah. to... Speaking of treasonous activity... Yeah, I like how the uh, Republicans, they wanted to hang Hillary Clinton because she had classified documents on a private server, but they actually want to release classified documents. (laughs) Now, it's like, wait, what? Yeah, I mean... You want to release a classified document, but you wanted to hang somebody because they had classified documents on a private server, on a public, or on their uh, personal server. Like, what? You know, I don't know now because whenever we get this up, who fucking knows? I think tomorrow they were talking about, I don't know if either today or tomorrow, which will be uh, Friday, February 2nd. <laughs> Is that right? Is tomorrow the 2nd or the 3rd? I don't even, yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, just putting that out there for timeline. Anybody listens to this shit anymore? So... The White House is supposed to be going over that Devin Nunez memo, his his cherry-picked memo that proves that the FBI is out to get Donald Trump and his surrogates. 
So, like you said, it's people in the Intel community have been pissed. They're like, you can't release this. There's a lot of information in there that's classified. It can't, you know, you shouldn't be putting it out. Um, and I think the FBI director, I think, had put out a statement today basically saying the same thing. And there's a lot of rumbling um, just from reading, you know, some of the people I kind of follow on Twitter and stuff who have insight on this stuff or that are saying if they release this memo, there's a good chance that the FBI director, um, Ray, may actually have to just resign his post. So, I don't know. It's... It's weird. I mean, all the things that are going on, and I know most Americans don't keep up with it, and they're kind of checked out, but I don't know. It's I've never seen anything like this, because, I mean, I was born under when Nixon was still president. Like, when I, I was born, like, months before he resigned, so, of course, I don't remember that situation. I'm not that old, but I'm older, you know what I mean? But... Um, just kind of going back and just looking at it. I, I mean, I've seen documentaries on it and things like that. It There seems to be a ton of parallels with the way that investigation was heading and the way this one is where, you know, Nixon could see that they were starting to get into stuff that wasn't good for him. And then he did everything he could to kind of behind the scenes to quash it, dirty tricks and shit. Um, and, of course, everybody's heard the term a million times now, the Saturday Night Massacre, when he fired this special counsel that was investigating Watergate. Um, and there are a lot of similarities there. And it's one of those things where, you know, if this, with the FBI director possibly saying, fuck it, I'm out of here because what's going on, I can't deal with it. And the reports are, you know, of course, this last week, like we said, there's only so many things with Trump, like, you know, I was joking with you before we started about the whole porn star thing, you know, and it's amazing. You know, he could, the shit that happens that any other president would be like, it'd fucking take him down practically <laughs> with this guy. It's just like, I fucked a porn star and I paid her off. Eh, okay, whatever. Um, what next? You know, what else he got? It's yeah. like, even if they do re- release the memo. I mean, first off, it's coming from Nunez, which, for those that may have forgotten who he was, he's the guy that uh, had these documents that he claimed he got from, was it the CIA? Or was it the FBI? Uh, I can't remember now. It's been a, it's, it's been like a year. But <laughs> so. he, he, claimed, he claimed he got these documents that kind of proved that there was no collusion between Trump and Russia no, 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 or something no. like you're that. Getting, and you're rushed, confused. Or no, These no, no. The ones that were, Sorry. Okay, he came out, it was like last spring, um, where he had the big fucking thing where he came out of the White House and got in front of all the press and said that he had received documentation that basically was kind of proving that Obama and his team were going out of their way to, like, Oh, that's right. Trump and his yeah. subordinates. So, and his his story was that he r- got these documents and rushed to the White House with yes. the documents and then showed the administration, like, look, they're spying mm-hmm. on you, blah, 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 when actually it was documents that were given to him by, <laughs> by the White the, House. Yes, by Trump's people. <laughs> so. So. Yeah, and he <laughs> is the... You, you see where that kind of makes, you know, that, that definitely taints the, the whole story. Well, and he was <laughs> a surrogate for Trump during the campaign. I mean, he was a Trump guy. Yeah. 
during the campaign. Yep. And also, yeah, he's a trumper. To make it worse, he is the House committee head on the Intelligence Committee. I mean, he's the one that Paul Ryan put in charge to run the fucking Intelligence Committee. So he has access to all this information, all the secret documents, everything the FBI, CIA is going on. He gets briefed on it. He knows all this information. I don't think that's a guy you want in charge of that. He seems like a little bit of a loose cannon, maybe not really playing for the, the team, you know, Team America. You might not really want him in charge of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he took a bunch of documents, I guess, that he had access to, that he requested from the FBI that they didn't want to turn over to him. Um, but he got them anyway because of Paul Ryan. And I guess he cherry-picked information out of it and put together this document, which... Again, it's a memo that he wrote with cherry-picked information. According to like uh, intel members on the committee that are the Democrats, they're saying, you know, this is bullshit what he's doing. And they actually wrote a rebuttal memo that had like the full story of this yep. information, which they put a vote on in the committee to release both documents. Of course, yeah, they shut yeah, it down. The conservatives run the committee because Republicans run the House. They voted to put the memo, the Nunez memo out, but the shelf, the Schiff memo, Adam Schiff's memo, and the Democrats. So, again, the FBI and them said, hey, we have to go through this information because there's stuff in there that you can't put out because of sources and stuff. This has to do with FISA warrants and how the process works. And, you know, they're going to have to do some redactions. Some of this information can't go out. And they're basically like, no, we're going to we're going to put it out. So he like I said, the White House is supposed to be overviewing it now. And, of course, Trump said at the they caught him on a hot mic at the State of the Union. Someone asked him about it. And he said, oh, yeah, we're 100% releasing it, you know. <laughs> so I, by the time this show gets uploaded or maybe within a few days, we may see the, the director of the FBI uh, stepping aside from his post over this fucking memo. And we'll see what's in it. I'm curious to see what kind of bullshit's in it so i don't like these serious shows man yeah i'm all tired and cranky it'll be bullshit (laughs) (laughs) fuck you can't take it let's talk about something else maybe next one we'll we'll fuck around okay you're up in minnesota minnesota Uh, so dude what's it like up there man you got super bowl going on this week How's it fucking going, dude? You trying yeah. to check out any of this shit? I know they got all kinds of concerts and shit going on up there. Have you tried to hit up any of that stuff? No, fuck no. I don't, I don't want to see any of those damn you know, people. They all suck. Go root for Philadelphia and New England, your two favorite teams. Ugh. <laughs> I especially don't want to go downtown because of the Philly fans. Fuck those I, people. I'm telling you. Um, Okay, so anybody scum of the earth, anybody man. knows me and Eric. I mean, even though Eric's up in Minnesota now, um, we're cowboy fans. I mean, by default, because we're fucking Texas guys. We're North Texas guys, um, and it's it's a hard thing to fucking say because the Cowboys are such a fucking disappointment of a fucking team and a franchise. Um, so I was really debating on this. This was a tough one. Now here's fuck Trump and the country. Let's get the important matters. This Super Bowl. So. I am really stressing on this one because I hate both of these fucking teams. And I'm trying to talk myself into which team I should fucking root for because I have to... Usually it's easy. It's like, okay, well, I hate this team more, so I'll just pull for this fucking team. Because the Cowboys are never in it, so that's how I have to fucking do every Super Bowl now. Um, 
And I'm almost yeah. talked myself into rooting for Philadelphia because I'm like, I just can't take. Oh. Well, here's my thought behind it. And this is where Trump comes into play again. Because all I could think of was uh, when Trump yeah. was running yeah, that picture of Tom Brady sitting in his locker with his fucking Make America Great hat in his locker. And I know Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, and Trump are like fuck buddies. And I just, and I hate Tom. I'm just like, you son of a bitch. I'm like, I just, I hate those motherfuckers so much <laughs> because they're Trumpies. And Belichick's a buddy and stuff of his. It's like the whole goddamn Patriots team is up Trump's ass. And, of course, as a Cowboy fan, I mean, I, I know everybody thinks, oh, the Giants and the Redskins hate them too. But the Eagles are really the team that I think every Cowboy fan should hate the most. Because Philadelphia, as yep. a city, hates fucking Dallas and everything to do with Dallas. And I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck we ever did to them. I mean, just because we have five Super Bowls and they have uh, zero. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more or less what it is. That they just never won anything. So Yeah, so I'm having this debate with myself. I'm like, it's like, eh, if they win it, fuck it. They got one fucking trophy, whatever. But then this is where you can laugh at me because anybody knows if they follow us on Twitter, I'll make some fucking wrestling comments now and then. So I'm watching a WWE wrestling show they had this last weekend and it was in Philadelphia and one of the perform one of the wrestlers is this girl from Dallas where she's from Garland, but they tout her as from Dallas. So she comes out, she's a face, she's a good guy. So she comes out, huge pop, crowds fucking cheering her on and stuff. And then they announce, you know, fucking blah 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 from Dallas, Texas, and it goes from cheers to they just start booing the shit out of her, even though she's the face. They start booing the shit out of her, and then the crowd starts doing the Dallas sucks, Dallas sucks chants. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm rooting for New England. I can't fucking deal with these fucking Philadelphia people. <laughs> I'm like, I yeah, they they are like, I I have met some Philly fans that are decent people, but I'd say the majority of them oh, the scum, sh- just straight out scum. Worst dude. Any if you listen to any football player, like ex football player stuff, and they talk about or even announcers, and I've heard this. I listen to sports radio quite a bit. And I listen to them, and they always say the worst place to go is Philadelphia for a game. And I remember when they had the championship game there last week, they they were telling people in Minnesota before they went, there's like, if you go to the game in Philadelphia, do not wear your Vikings gear, you know, because if you do, you're you're putting your life in danger. <laughs> I mean, it's Philadelphia for people who don't know. I don't know about their new stadium, but their old stadium they had. They were the only fucking football stadium in the NFL that had a fucking gel in their stadium because their fans are so fucking, they're such goddamn animals. They actually had a gel in their stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'm anticipating a lot of fights in downtown this weekend because just knowing uh-huh. Philly fans, like even though they beat the shit out of the Vikings, they're not going to yeah. let it go and they're going to talk so much shit that... They're, they're going to get some fucking beatings from these fucking Minnesotans. <sighs> I know Philadelphians think that they're tough motherfuckers, but you're talking about these outdoorsy fucking 
pricks yeah. up here. They're, they're not going to take that shit. They're going to beat the fuck out of them. I'm anticipating a lot of fights oh, yeah, in downtown. I, I'll take a Minnesota. <laughs> a I'll take someone lot. from Minnesota. I'll take that Paul Bunyan outdoorsy motherfucker over some fat bastard the, who's full of cheesesteak any day. Oh, yeah. The, the only thing that I can... The only thing that makes me think twice about that is that I know that a lot of those like Neanderthal Philly fans are too poor <laughs> to get a ticket to the Super Bowl, so they may not even be here. Yeah. Fucking so, knuckleheads. Yeah. But yeah, so un- I'm going, <laughs> like, I got to go to my wife's friends. Uh, they're having a Super Bowl party, so I'm getting drugged to it, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I'm so old, man, now I just want to stay home. So... Unless, I mean, unless yeah. it's something I really want to do, I just want to sit on my ass at home. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, I hate I hate to root for the Patriots, but I have to. And it's only because, of, like, even Philadelphia as a franchise, yeah, they're a division rival and all that stuff, and I, I hate I know, them. dude. But it's because of their I, fans. If their fans weren't the way their fans are, I'd probably I, be rooting for them. But because their fans are such pieces of shit... I have to that's root against you. Exactly. That's exactly what I, I'm saying. I, I tried so hard to talk myself into going for Philly. But then, like I said, I watched that fucking show, and then I was listening to the, the guys uh, I listened to on the sports station here. They're up in Minnesota this week, and they're talking to some Philly fans and Philly radio people up there, and they're such dicks, man. Oh, they're the worst. And I'm just like, you know what? Just because I don't want to see the, any of their fucking fans happy, I have to root for the Patriots. So yeah. I'm going to be miserable, it, but I'm going to root for the Patriots. I'm not really root for them. If, if you're... Th- but. Yeah. And here here's a story that will hopefully help all of our fans hate Philly the way that we hate <laughs> Philly. Um, so whenever the Vikings were playing the Saints, uh, there was actually a lady that was a Vikings fan at the stadium. Her name was Millie. Uh, she was in her 90s. It was her first playoff football playoff game to ever go to. Um, so it was like, you know, some heartwarming story and all that stuff. Um, there was actually a crowdfunding thing to get her to get to go to Philly to see another game. Uh, she she said that she wasn't going to go and that any money that she got, she was just going to donate to some children's organization yeah. here locally. Um but in Philly, even though Millie was not there, the Philly fans were chanting, fuck Millie, fuck Millie. And it's a 90-year-old woman, you pieces of shit. <laughs> you fucking pieces yeah. of shit. Fuck yeah. all of them. Well, it's a good thing she didn't go. They probably would have thrown batteries at her. So. <laughs> fucking dicks, man. Some 90-year-old woman who just loves her Vikings football. And you can't even like that, you pieces of shit. Yeah, you think the you, so you think the Philly them. fans would sympathize with her because I mean they have a shit team that never won a goddamn thing either. So that that that's my thing is that they act like that and they haven't won anything. It's like the craziest thing ever. It's like like if Patriots fans acted so arrogant. And stuff, then it'd be like, well, yeah, they win a lot because uh, they cheat and all that stuff. Um, it's not as total bastards but, like Philly fans. But Philly fans act like that, and they haven't yeah. won shit. Oh well, you ain't shit. Well, I, they're Fuck not going to win this one either because I figure the Patriots are going to win this by double digits. So, 
Uh, I hope it's. An I ass think beaten. it will be. I mean, I don't want it to be because, like, I still hate them both. I mean, the, my the ultimate would be is if the Patriots win, but Tom Brady fucking wrecks his shoulder and it ends his career in the process. <laughs> <laughs> that would be then I would be fucking like I love this is the best Super Bowl I'd be fucking into it I'd be clapping like Trump <laughs> staring at everybody pointing at him yeah but yeah, it'll be uh that's that's all that's what I'm hoping for I'm rooting for that a massive Tom Brady injury and uh and a and a fucking New England Patriots victory fucking bastards alrighty folks. Hope you enjoyed it. <gasps> what? You don't want to keep going? You want like another hour of fucking fun? <laughs> uh, yeah, <me> no. <laughs> um, check out our friends at Podblock. Yeah, I think they actually do their show. And and seven four two Evergreen. Now Terrace. that one, are they still doing? So I can just have Joe fucking see me a thing of yeah, we're fucking doing it still. <laughs> I love that last time you're like, are they still doing that? I'm like, I don't know. They got the like the fucking message the next day. Yeah, dude, we're still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't I don't I don't listen. I'm a I'm a bad podcast oh, you friend. You are a fucking bad podcast friend. I am. I don't have the time well, I guess I do have the time, it's just it's kinda awkward. Because like I said, you know, the only time that I would be able to do it is when I'm in my truck going yeah. from job to job, but then I'd have to like stop it right in the middle of it and by the time i got back to my truck then i'd be like what the fuck were they talking about i hear you you know it's uh, it's just weird no i don't have an excuse because i've got the good desk corporate job but i listen to a lot of radio and i have a handful of podcasts i listen to so i kind of change it up so i don't i actually do pull up and listen to listen to the boys sometimes but I, i i'm not gonna lie i don't catch every show because i fucking i'm i got so much my head's so fucking all over the place, man. I'm just always so goddamn tired anymore and everything. <laughs> and I got so much going. I I assume that Andy and the Brad Tastic Voyage are still going on, but I don't uh, know. They, he's he was funny. Brad's like, yeah, we started back up. And we did a couple shows, and we decided that we're just not really that into it right now. He goes, we'll do it eventually. <laughs> so they've only well, done like, okay. So they're worse than we are. Then, then don't check out their... Well, maybe still check it out. I don't know. Well, If they decide to put something up. I, I talked to Brad, and we may... Because I still have my podcast, my other podcast channel, um, the Utterly Pointless Podcast. It's still all my, my old 20 episodes are still up. If you want to go relive the, those halcyon days of my podcasting career. But I still have the site, and I still have it paid for for the next few months. So I told him... Uh, me and him might have to get together a couple times, have a couple drinking sessions, and throw out a couple new bro-pocalypses just for shits and giggles for old time's sake. Bring that back for a handful of episodes. <laughs> so That's always possible. If, if we get around to it. Yeah, if we get around to it, then uh, I'll definitely I'll promote the shit out of it and spread it all over the Intel Saviors. Which, again, follow us at the Intel Savers. And if you haven't, rate us and leave a comment on fucking iTunes because it helps promote the show, puts us up in the lists. So when we put our show out every two or three weeks, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, more people might see it. 
uh let's see anything else oh um of course my favorite band the deer hunter uh they are going on tour i think beginning march so mm-hmm. if uh you've ever listened to them and liked them check out see if they're coming into your town it's always a yeah. good show i know they're yeah, gonna I'd- be in dallas yeah, I was going to say, I told Bradley and, and uh, Boggsy that they're heading this way, so I don't know if those two dumbasses are going to go see him or not, but I alerted them to it. So I'm definitely, they're coming to Minneapolis, so I'm going to see him. Yep. Show. I, uh, I've only got one big concert planned, and that's not until June when I go see fucking Slayer on their final world oh, tour. Oh, God. I've never seen him, dude. I always wanted to see him. Yeah. And I I kept telling my wife, I said, next time fucking Slayer comes, I'm definitely going. Because after Tom Petty died, I and I was going to go see Tom Petty last time he came. And I'm like, nah, I'll catch him next time. And then he fucking died. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. Because I've done that a handful of times where someone will roll through. I'm like, I want to go see him. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll go next time. I don't want to f- deal with it. I'm like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. So Slayer... Last time they came through, I missed them, and I told her, I was like, God damn, i got to go see Slayer. I've never seen them. They're one of my few like metal bands from my youth that I fucking love that I always wanted to go see and partake in devil worship with. And uh, I got the alert you know, last week, final world tour. I'm like, fuck it. Tickets went on sale. Bam. Got that motherfucker. It's going to be awesome, dude. It's going to be fucking Slayer, Lamb of God, Anthrax. Ugh, it's going to be a great fucking show, man. <laughs> Uh, that's that's kind of how I feel because uh, Elton John just announced his final tour, dude. And you know what? I I'm no, not a like, hu- shit. I'm I not a go huge. See it. Yeah, I'm not a huge Elton John fan, but the tickets go on sale tomorrow, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna have to fucking get tickets, dude. He's doing oh, two I'm, nights. I love here me in some Dallas. Elton John. I'm like, I think I'm gonna have. I was gonna go see a couple years ago. Well, not a couple. It's been more than that now. But when he, him, and Billy Joel did a tour together. But, yeah. but I saw Billy Joel. Um, this is one of the few things, like, because you always hear about the USO tours. I'm like, well, fucking USO tours. When those motherfuckers. When I was over in Germany, Billy Joel came over and did a USO tour. So I got to see Billy Joel. So that was pretty cool. Hmm. And so, I mean, it was great because there's only a couple thousand soldiers. So I, mean, yeah. I was like right up on the fucking stage. I mean, a, co- a ticket would have cost like 500 bucks to see him over here. And I got to see him for free, yeah. so it was awesome. That's pretty sweet. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'll have to get tickets. So I'll be going to Elton John too, dude. We'll fucking high five on Elton John. <laughs> yep, Sir Elton John. <laughs> yeah, Sir Elton John. Sorry, I don't want to fucking <laughs> diminish him. <laughs> uh, oh shit! All right, folks. All right. Anyway, let's fucking get out of here. <laughs> Enjoy your week. Yep. Peace out, motherfuckers. Bye.